Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Time to play the game. It may be the nighttime, but the sports talk doesn't stop. Sports talk radio that's live, local, and not for the faint of heart. Oh, you didn't know? Sometimes angry. Loud noises! Telling it like it is. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And pretty much always right. Don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text to call 404-741-0929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting. Live from the Kia Studios, it's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome into Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, it is time for the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Friday evening. Going to be with you for the full four. We're asking you to download the Odyssey app. You're not in the car as much. You want to listen in. Put the Odyssey app on one of your devices today. You can use your smartphone. You can use your Alexa speakers, your tablet, your Motorola beeper, your answering machine, your Game Boy, whatever your device is. Just download it on something to be able to catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 929thegame on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, the best way to be a part of the show is through our uh, personal Twitter pages. I'm at JMCH316. That is your water cooler talking points. Three to six months in advance of anybody else that is out there. Producing the show on the other side of the glass, as always, Day-Day is in the house. He's at D.D. Lewis for real. Well, a bunch to get into with you here this evening. Let's start with the Braves, who just whitewashed the Chicago Cubs today. They just went in there and put a whooping on the Cubs. Eight to nothing. We'll talk about Max Fried here in just a minute. But um, the lineup, you know. Ronnie with three hits, uh, Ozzy with a hit. You know, I mean, everybody, every single player in the lineup had at least one hit. Actually, seven of the eight guys, uh, or sorry, uh, eight of the nine guys had one hit, and Ronnie had three. They had one, two, three, four, five, six, six different guys drive in a run. Everybody but Eddie Rosario in the lineup scored a run, and it was just a whitewashing. Ozuna homered in the game, Murphy homered in the game, Riley homered in the game. Uh, they were just outstanding offensively, and and they they just beat up on what has been a good team. I mean, they are, I think since the All-Star break, they are the highest scoring team in baseball. So they've done some work. Again, it's only a couple of games above 500 for the Cubs because they dug themselves a hole early. But they've been really good here, and especially since the All-Star break. Braves moved to 70-37, and 37, 
33 and 17. Have we not talked all year long, Day Day, about how good this team has been on the road? Yes. Like we, we're not just talking about it now. We've talked about this for months. Yeah. Because they've been great for months. Yeah, they have. And you know what? Is this what the third team that that they faced that was on some type of streak, and they've cooled them off? Yeah. And I think the other stat is. I think they have the best record against teams above 500 yep. as well. So, again, it's just it's one of the more dominant performances. And let's talk about Max Fried in his first start back. Ho-hum, six innings, three singles, not a run scored, not a walk given up, not a home run, eight strikeouts. Eight strikeouts, six innings with three measly singles. By the way, don't forget, Max Fried was really good before he got hurt. His ERA was 2.08 before he got hurt. His ERA now, and I understand it's only been six starts for him this year. He's only made six starts, but his ERA in six starts is a buck 69. Buck 69. So now, <laughs> let, <laughs> so now here's where we're officially at. And I'm just, I'm laughing. Okay, Philadelphia is 12 games back. The Fishnets are 13 and a half games back. And the Mutts are 20 and a half games back. F the Mets, F the Mets, step right up and F the Mets. Bring your kitties, bring your wife. They're going to suck for the rest of your life. And by the way, the Nationals are 25 back. I mean, they're a triple-A team at this point. So, uh, well, the Mets are too. So, um, I mean, it's just getting ridiculous how how good this team is right now. And, and they have everything. I, I, there's nothing flawed about this team. They are, by and far, the best team in Major League Baseball. I don't know. I don't. I realistically, realistically, don't know how anybody could potentially power rank somebody over the Braves right now, with the way their offense is gone. Strider's the leader in the clubhouse with the Cy Young, Freed's story coming back here. Elder's an All Star. Morton's had a really nice bounce back here. They have the deepest lineup in Major League Baseball. They get more production out of their seven, eight, nine hitters than probably five other teams combined. I mean, this team is just on a roll, and they just shellacked the Cubs. I mean, just shellacked them. And they've been, you know, a hot team, and they've done some good things here, like I said, since the All-Star break. I think they're the highest-scoring team since the All-Star break. Oh, by the way, Dansby, 0 for 3 with a couple of strikeouts. Oh, boy. Uh, in the reunion back, right? Does this does this reunion, uh, because, again, he's still got to come here to Atlanta. Does this one feel different than Freddie? You know, Freddie, it felt like, well, he should still be a brave order like that. Dansby was only offered, you know, a lower. They weren't going to pay the kind of money that Dansby was offered. And I can understand that. Again, $177 million, that's not chump change. He got what? What what did he get? He got 177, right? I think is what Dansby's contract was. And look, nobody saw Arcia doing what he's done. Hitting 295 with a 348 on base, 10 homers, like nobody, and starting the all star game. Nobody saw this coming from Arcia. If if you thought you saw this from Arcia, you're lying. You're a liar. That's what there's a term for that. You're a liar. Because nobody saw this coming. We knew he'd be a good defensive shortstop. He's always been a good defensive player, but nobody saw his offense rounding into form with his defense. So they weren't going to pay the $177 million. I can understand that, you know, completely. But, um, again, I don't, I don't have a problem with Dansby leaving. I don't have a problem with guys taking the money. Who's going to turn down $177 million? I think the Braves offered him, uh, I think it was 100 I think they offered him $100 million. And he got 177. Who's going to turn that down? And his wife was going from where was she? Was she in Portland? I believe. I thought she was already up there, though. Wasn't she already well, up there? Well, but no, she came from she 
she was getting traded to Chicago. Right. Okay. That, uh, but I think yeah. it was from Portland though, or something. Yeah. That that she was playing out west, um, and she was getting traded to Chicago, and that made it just that much easier for him to be, you know, in in Chicago with his wife and all this good stuff. So again, I'm I'm not mad at Dansby. I mean, he he did what he had to do. The Braves did what they had to do, right? Sometimes that's business. You know, sometimes it's business when you part ways. Again, did I think that Bryce Harper would would not be a Washington National or Washington Senator or whatever they're called nowadays? That I think he would be a Washington not be a Washington Senator because again, he was their whole franchise, right? But guys move on, right? I mean, that's that's baseball, that's life. I mean, in sports and what have you. So it just it is what it is. But Max Fried was just just dealing today. Now we'll talk to Justin Toscano. Uh, a rare late appearance for Justin Toscano. We'll talk to him live coming up at eight twenty this evening as um, he'll get a chance to wrap everything up and get all his deadlines in and everything else. I mean, Braves beat writer for the Atlanta Journal. Constitution. So we'll talk to him live coming up at the 820. Uh, we wrap up our coverage from training camp. So it's going to be weird because everybody's actually going to be in studio next week. And I'm kind of enjoying this where nobody's here, right? Like, like can they just stay? Can, I tell you, can, can we do some more remotes or whatever? Like everybody just stays away and I just kind of get to studios by myself. But anyway, um, so our coverage wraps up from camp. But uh, obviously a week from tonight, will be preseason game number one for the Atlanta Falcons. And it was bad news today that Jeff Okuda went down and had to be taken off a cart. So Matt Hennessy, Jeff Okuda, you know, again, you know, we're we're treading into some of that territory where it's like, okay, you know, let's let's slow down on anybody else getting hurt. We'll talk to Daniel Flick uh, at 740 this evening, get his thoughts about where we're at with all of this, and uh, obviously, you know, we'll we'll see what the severity is. I'm guessing it'll be Monday before we know anything with uh, because uh, I believe, well, maybe tomorrow, but but I'm guessing Monday. But they'll have a workout tomorrow, right? Fans can go up tomorrow, and then um, they'll have a day off on Sunday, and they'll have a light practice on Monday. Uh, that'll just be, I think, I think I don't even know if it's going to be open to the media. But then they'll go down to Miami to start uh, practices with the Dolphins starting Tuesday, right? Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday practices with the Dolphins off on Thursday and then preseason game number one. And obviously we'll have the game right here coming up on Sports Radio 92.9, the game as we are the home of the Atlanta Falcons. So our coverage will start actually at 5 o'clock and uh, 7 o'clock kick. So Wes and Dave will have the call for all of that. Chris Goforth and uh, Mike Johnson will be on pre-post and half, and uh, we roll into another season. Roll into another season. And by the way, once we get to this point, when we start to get into preseason game number one, it's going to roll downhill. It's going to roll very quickly. The month of August is going to roll right by, and you know, obviously we've got college football and everything else, but everything is just going to roll right by. So we'll talk to Daniel Flick coming up at 7:40 uh, this evening. And the Pac-12, can we uh, over? We play taps. <laughs> can we play taps for it? Because I mean, look, here I've been on radio for eleven years. Okay, well, almost eleven years. Let let's put it this way: November, God willing, I'll be on radio eleven years. Okay, and I have always said consistently whether I'm hosting the college football show, whether I was part-time on weekends, whether I was full-time, there's always, there were going to be super conferences. I've always bought into the idea that we are going to have super conferences. We will have fewer conferences with more teams. And whether it was going to be four, maybe five, but it was going to be 18, 20-team conferences, well, guess what? That's the Big Ten right now. 18 teams in the Big Ten, right? Pac-12 is going to go away. The rest of the schools will be absorbed by other conferences and stuff like that. I still think there's going to be one more Power 5 conference, probably the Big 12, that will at some point dissolve and they'll spread around, and it, that's what it'll be. It'll, it'll be four super conferences of 18, 20 teams, and that's the conferences that will compete 
for all the marbles with, you know, again, an occasional group of five team or group of 20 uh, conference team at this point, but a group of five team that will get themselves a playoff berth or what have you. But, yeah, that's the Pac-12 right now. So, um, long live the Pac-12. I think what they say, um, Washington and Oregon have been members of the Pac-12 since 1915. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, look, it's it's evolution. It's change, right? I mean, it's just there is no more tradition in college football. College football tradition has gone way out the window. So, and listen, you you know when when uh, college football tradition kind of went started going out the window when Sunkist signed on to sponsor the Fiesta Bowl when it was Miami and Penn State in what was that eighty seven? I think it was eighty seven. I don't remember what was exactly what year, but but when when Sunkist took over sponsorship for the Fiesta Bowl, Penn State Miami and that epic game where Penn State just blew them out, right? I mean, so, uh, or was it the other way around? But anyway, so again, there's no more tradition in college foosball. So it's just, it's by the wayside now. So, all right, when we come back, 404-726-0929. You can jump on the phone lines and give us your thoughts, but I'm going to give my final predictions for this upcoming season for the Atlanta Falcons. Chuck, we're hanging out in the Kia Studios. Sports Radio 929 The Game, Odyssey.com app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Back at a Chuckery show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Friday night with you. Don't forget, uh, Rankum coming up at uh, 1040 this evening. So you can get your listen anytime you like. So Rankum at uh, 1040. 404-726-0929. That is both our phone line if you want to jump on and our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. All right. So 
as we head toward preseason football and barring any major catastrophes to to anybody as far as injuries go or things like that, barring a a you know I don't know devastating year season ending injury to Desmond Ritter or you know somebody like that, whatever like that. So let's talk about final predictions that I have. So day day, you can mark this uh, down in time because we'll uh, revisit. Um, all of this later on uh, at the uh, end of the season and see where we're at. Um, I think the Falcons are going to go 10 and seven this year. Uh, I think that 10 and seven, um, you know, could they get to 11? Maybe. I think that's the real ceiling though, for this team. You start talking about 12 or 13 wins. You're one of the elite teams in the NFL and I don't see the Falcons being an elite team right now in the NFL. I think they're a good team. I think they're much better, but I don't see them being at elite level. When you start getting to 12, 13 wins, you're headed toward Philadelphia, Buffalo, the Bengals, and teams like that. Like, I don't see I don't see it being that high. But 10 and 7, I think that it, it's what the record ends up being. And by the way, we we were two years ago, we were 7 and we said 7 and 10. We had that one right on. I think I said 6 and 11 last year. We missed that by one game. All right, so 10-7, and I think they do win the division. I think the division is between them and the New Orleans Saints, and I don't trust Derek Carr. I'll say it like that. I don't trust Derek Carr at the end of the day. I don't trust that that he's a winner. I don't trust that they figure out a way to win their division. I don't trust Derek Carr, and I'll take the Falcons winning the division. Uh, a couple of other fun little stats and numbers I'm going to throw out there as predictions for this team. I think Algier and Bijan Robinson are going to run for 1,000 yards. I think they're both going to be 1,000-yard players, and we've seen this before for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Mike Vick and uh, Warwick Dunn were 1,000-yard rushers uh, for this team, but it hasn't happened very often in NFL history. You know, Dolphins... Falcons, uh, I think the Giants uh, with their, what, Thunder and Lightning or something like that, I think they had a year. But it hasn't happened all that often in the NFL. But I'll take this rushing team because, again, I still think they're going to be a run-heavy offense that's going to still call a bigger percentage of run plays than, you know, it's it's still not going to be lop- – it's not going to be lopsided, but it's still going to be a majority of run plays – for this team. And I think their offensive line comes together. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with that left guard spot. But I like everything about our offensive line. And I think McGarry continues to grow in the run game. But if they have to pass, we'll see what happens. If they if they decide to throw it around a bit more, we'll see what happens. But 10-7, and seven, they win the division. I uh, got them with a couple of 1,000-yard rushers. So I think Eva Cady leads the team with nine sacks. I don't think he's double digits. I don't think he gets to that mark, but I'll put Ebicady at uh, nine sacks for the season, and I think he leads the team at that. So, again, if Ebicady has an eight or nine sack season, I'm okay with that. Would I like it to be 10, maybe 12? Yes, selfishly, because then I think we can really change up you know, our fate and fortune, but I think he leads at nine. Now, as far as defensively goes, I think they're at about 38 sacks for their team. I'm going to take 38 as the number of sacks. I still don't see 50 or high 40s or anything like that. But if you're 38 sacks, you're a playoff team. You're a playoff defense. Remember, since 2016, 70% of playoff teams have accumulated at least sacks in a season. So I think they're somewhere about 38 could they get to 40? Yeah, sure. If you're at 38, you can get to 40, right? You can be at that magical 40 number. And that's the magic number in the NFL, 40 sacks. If your team has 40 sacks, you're almost always going to be a playoff team. If you accumulate 40 sacks, not going to be very many times when you're not a playoff defense when all is said and done. So I think they get to 40, uh, 38 sacks, and I think Evacated leads the way with nine sacks, and we'll see what happens. But certainly that's going to be the number that you you know how I do it. I'm going to be watching that number. I'm not going to be watching hurries or pressures 
or all these other crazy things that people you know throw out there to try to justify not putting the quarterback on the ground because it's really not that hard. If you could sack the quarterback, you know, again, and and I know I, I know that sacks really kind of aren't a you know stat that's you know certainly you know high up on the list of things that need to be done or it's certainly not a glamour stat or any sort of thing like that but you know obviously i mean you know we can we can debate the merits of sacks and things like that and the more you look at the huh? advanced analytics what? the more you see how valuable sacks are and oh boy okay now what uh, now again I, i'm not saying that sacks are that important i mean but you know it's, the more you look at huh? the advanced analytics the more you see how valuable sacks are and oh oh boy Okay. All right. Well, then again, we need to we need to sack quarterback. So I'll take Gabe Akitty with nine. I'll take thirty-eight for our total. Um, prediction time for Kyle Pitts. This is really the only guy that I've I've got for Kyle Pitts. I think he gets sixty-nine receptions for nine hundred yards and seven touchdowns. Sixty-nine for nine hundred and seven and uh, seven touchdowns. So. Again, part of this is going to just be the idea of how much they throw, not just to him, but in general overall. You know, I don't think that they are a a more than a 450 passing team attempt-wise. You know, I don't think they're much more above 450 in pass attempts this year. And we've talked about, I think Desmond Ritter is about just a tick under 3,000 yards. I think he's about 2,950. So, again, if 900 of that's going to Kyle Pitts and 69 receptions, which would be his career high, by the way. He caught 68 in his rookie year. But I think his yards I think his yards per reception goes down simply because the touchdowns are going to go up. And, look, again, I need him to be that Travis Kelsey influence on this offense. I need him to be the guy who – has the big hand and influence more than even Drake London and what have you. I need him to be a dominant player offensively. And I think that there's going to be a good amount of guys that are going to catch passes on this team. I think Jonu Smith, Algier, Bijan Robinson, Pitts, London, you know, Mac Hollis, you know, is going to be another guy. I mean, I think that there are a lot of guys who are going to catch you know, significant passes on this team, not so much from a volume standpoint or like that, but but again, if we're going to get to where I think we need to be, I need us to be 67% red zone touchdown percentage. And that may not accumulate to statistically a lot of passing yards, you know, 4,000, 5,000 type of passing yards, but... I need our touchdown totals to go up. And that's why I think that Desmond Ritter could be a just under 3,000-yard passer, 2950, but he could throw 25, 26 touchdowns. And that would be a pretty good number. You throw for less than 3,000 yards, you got 25, 26 touchdowns. It's a pretty good year for a quarterback. Because, again, I think it's going to be a situation where they're going to be a really good red zone offense, and we're going to have lots of different options, lots of different weapons to be able to accumulate some numbers in the red zone. So I got Kyle Pitts at 69 for 907 touchdowns. And finally, pro bowlers. I think Eva Cady, I think A.J. Terrell, I think Kyle Pitts, and I think B. John Robinson are the guys, the four guys that end up making the pro bowl. Eva Cady, A.J. Terrell, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson. Pitts is kind of self-explanatory. Part of that's positional. Um, Eva Cady with nine sacks. I think he makes the Pro Bowl this year. And I think A.J. Terrell is going to have a big bounce back year. Now, obviously, we'll see what happens long-term with Jeff Okuda. If he's out for an extended period of time, or is it just a minor thing and he comes back? But I think that the combination of those two guys could be lethal back there. But, again, part of this is Jesse Bates and everybody else that I think that uh, A.J. Terrell has himself a a good bounce-back season, and he gets more back to where he was a couple of years ago, more to that level of second-team all-pro. I think injuries and different things like that kind of 
derailed him last year. But I think that he is healthy, ready to go, and I think he's in line for a big year. And look, here's the other part of this, and and this can't be denied when you talk about A.J. Terrell. He's looking for a contract. He's looking for his contract. Now, he's got his fifth-year option, okay, but he's looking for his big-money contract. And if he balls out this year, he could be a $20 million corner, okay? He's got a lot riding on this particular season because it's going to be contract time, right? You know, it's going to be, it's going to be time for, for his contract to come up due, and if he's got that kind of year underneath his belt, I, I think he's going to be a $20 million player. Now, again, you can argue the merits of that and everything else, but I definitely think that he could be in line for that kind of money. Not saying he's going to get it, you know, but again, if he's 18 or 18 and a half million, that's that's in that neighborhood, right? I mean, that's that's in that neighborhood of where where he needs to be. But I think he's going to have a big season uh for this team. And I think Bijan Robinson makes the pro bowl in his rookie year. There's a lot of hype and a lot of excitement about what he can be. If he runs for 1000 yards in his rookie year, the idea of of just his name value and everything like that, I think he's going to be a Pro Bowler. I, I think just I think because he's got he's got the what do I want to say the gravitas along with it, right? He was the the first running back taken. You know, again, he's looked at like a as a you know dominant you know player. I mean, just uh, just all the hype and hoopla that goes along with Bijan Robinson. That I think if he runs for a thousand yards this year, which I'm predicting, then he's going to be an All Pro, or I should say a Pro Bowler. Um, I don't know if he'll be All Pro. Um, some people think he's going to contend for the rushing title. Eh, not sure if he's going to contend for the rushing title, but I think he's going to be a thousand yard back in this offense, and he's probably going to catch a whole bunch of passes and accumulate a whole bunch of yards. So again, when you factor in everything, the combination of receiving yards, rushing yards, touchdowns. When you factor everything together on it, I think that he's going to be a guy that uh, is going to end up making the Pro Bowl. So, Evacati, Terrell, Pitts, Bijan, your Pro Bowlers. 10-7 and seven for the Falcons winning the division. All right, when we get back, uh, Daniel Flick is going to join us, and uh, we'll talk some Falcons with him. Chuck, we hanging out in the Key Studios. Sports Radio, 92 on the game, odyssey.com app. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 92.9, the game back at a Chuckery show, hanging out in the Kia Studios on a Friday night with you. 
404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Well, camp uh, coming to the end here as uh, they'll have an open workout tomorrow. One more practice on Monday before heading down to Miami for practices with the Miami Dolphins on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then the first game comes up on Friday. We'll have all of your coverage right here on the home of the Falcons, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Let's head out to the WaitFord.com hotline. Let's talk to Daniel Flick, Falcons a reporter for uh, Fan Nation, SI.com, and the uh, Falcon Report. And uh, he's on Twitter, at DFlickDraft. Daniel, appreciate the time, buddy. Thanks for a few minutes on the show tonight. Absolutely, man. Happy to be here. Um, obviously, we're one week out from uh, Atlanta's uh, – preseason opener which obviously be a lot of fun and uh ready to uh chop it up with you here man happy to be back on well let's uh let's get the bad news out of the way um jeff okuda goes down today had to be uh, carted off if okuda is and again we don't know what the severity is and, and arthur smith talked a little bit about it but who do you think's the next most likely guy to play outside corner for this team yeah so today trey flowers was the uh replacement i guess but you know so far in camp there's been a lot of it's kind of been a fluid rotation um you know i think cornell armstrong is a guy that a lot of people on the outside aren't as high on but arthur smith has mentioned at times throughout camp how impressive he's been but i think when you look at kind of the way that they ran things today trey flowers has also um, received quite a bit of praise throughout camp uh and you know obviously i believe he's about 6'3 200 really big body guy um, signed earlier this spring. Um, and so he, he's, you know, played for about four or five years on, you know, on the outside. And so I, I think there's a lot of experience there. Um, uh, you know, losing Okuda would be obviously, you know, it's not a, a certainty yet, but, uh, you know, it's, a, it'd be a pretty big loss, but I think the Falcons feel confident with what they've kind of put together on the outside behind him over the last few months. Um, one other option I think that's worth talking about, uh, Clark Phillips um, obviously has had an outstanding you know, camp so far. Rookie fourth-round pick out of Utah, primarily played inside so far in Atlanta. Um, he was strictly an outside guy, though, um, in college. So I think you know, when you look at Clark Phillips, is there a chance that they'll put him on the outside? I think maybe so. Um, and I, I think as far as where he was in college, there's there's certainly reason to believe that he could make an impact early on the outside. But, uh, you know, from what we've seen so far in camp, I think Trey Flowers is probably the guy if Okuda um, obviously is out for, you know, several weeks, if not the season, unfortunately. But, you know, it's uh, obviously we're in wait-and-see mode there. But I, I think as of right now, Trey Flowers would be, you know, option 1A for Atlanta on the outside. And I know Clark Phillips, and we know that the, you know, the, the battles that he had, with Drake London, but here's what I'll say. Um, the NFL is a whole different game, and it's a whole different skill set as far as some of the athletes that are on the outside. I mean, you don't have tiny receivers. I mean, you got a lot of big-bodied guys, and they run really fast, and it's a whole different level, you know, at, at, this, at this point in the NFL. You think Phillips is big enough to handle on the outside? I mean, that's obviously the big concern is, is that – you know, his height may be a real issue when you're talking about lining up against, you know, some of the elite NFL wide receivers. Yeah, I, I think concerning is probably the way I would word it. But I do think if you look around the league, uh, past and present, there have there are past examples of some uh, some historical outliers that have been, you know, whether it's a 5'9", five, 5'10", five, outside corner where it's like surely he's not, you know, capable of hanging and then he ends up hanging. Uh, you know, so I, I think with Phillips, there's so much more to it than, you know, size alone. I always think back um, right after he was drafted, he said, I, I've been 5'9 my whole life. Um, and, you know, obviously he won Pac-12 Conference Player of the Year playing outside corner last year. And, uh, you know, so he saw quite a few uh, uh, larger receivers uh, outside last year at West. And so obviously, as you mentioned, not the same thing. Uh, but I, I do think there's enough you know, past experience, past film on him working outside to where you'd be confident if, if that was the situation that, you know, you had to uh, execute. But at the same token, 
they drafted him with the intention of playing him inside, which I, I think tells you the way that they viewed him pre-draft. Um, I do believe Arthur Smith mentioned post-draft that he can play outside if needed. Uh, but again, I think that's why early on you're seeing Trey Flowers rather than Clark Phillips outside. And I just think that, uh, you know, I, as things kind of play out, Mike Hughes is a, a, you know, kind of underrated option that I don't think we've mentioned yet. And uh, obviously he's played outside quite a bit uh, so far. But I think in camp he's been primarily inside. Uh, Clark Phillips, same thing, primarily inside. Uh, so I, I think with Clark – there absolutely is, I think, a path to him playing on the outside. I just think when you kind of look at what we've heard about him so far, as far as how Arthur Smith views him, pretty much how the entire staff views him, it is primarily inside. Uh, and so you would have thought that first team today, maybe Clark would have had a chance out there, but he really never did. And so uh, I, I tend to think he's primarily looking at an inside route. I think that's something that'll be interesting to watch uh, you know, throughout the entirety uh, of the, well, I, I guess, remainder of, of camp and then working throughout the preseason. But, I, I mean, as, as of now, I think he's primarily a slot guy for them. Uh, we'll see kind of how it plays out moving forward. But I, I do think that right now where he's, he's probably looking at more of an inside role. Daniel Flick joining us here on the WaitFor.com hotline, Falcons writer. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I want to ask you about Zach Harrison, who has been an intriguing prospect as a rookie and third-round draft pick for this team. You know, I know a little bit about Ohio State. I'm from the Ohio area, and, you know, I know some folks and stuff like that. And, you know, the, the word about Zach Harrison is he, he was a tremendous high school football player and five-star athlete coming out of high school, um, not far from the Columbus area, kind of northeast of Columbus Um but the, the, the rap has always been, if he wants to be great, he'll be great. And I'm not saying that he doesn't have a good motor to it, but he probably should have been a better player than he was even in college. And I know he was second team, all Big Ten, but, you know, at times it, that it just didn't all come together. But he's a very intriguing prospect. And, you know, I've said if he can be even four or five sacks, you know, again, th- this team is desperately looking for pass rusher help. If he can show signs of life about doing anything, I think he's got a real chance to play in this defense and, and, and have a good impact for this team. Yeah, and, you know, I think, um, again, kind of hitting back on Arthur Smith's interviews throughout the last several months, you can kind of see the progress that he's made in the way that they've talked about it. Um, after the draft, a lot of the talk was, yeah, we don't really need it to, uh, to play right away at all. It's kind of like a redshirt situation, really. But, you know, I, I actually asked Arthur about this a few days ago, and one of the things that he, that he told me that I, I was kind of surprised about, um, he said that if they had to start him in week one, they'd feel completely fine with that. Uh, and so I think, you know, the more that you ask guys, whether it's other linemen or opposing linemen, whoever it may be, um, the thing that keeps coming up about Zach is that, He's really working at it. And I know you mentioned that at Ohio State, you know, I I guess overall work ethic was kind of the main question with him. Um, So far in Atlanta, I don't think that's that's kind of an issue. So I I think he's kind of quieted some of those concerns. Um, He's been consistently productive in camp, and I I think he reached a new level when Pats came on, which is obviously, you know, what you want to see. Um, And so I think when you look at Zach Harrison, there's a lot of bodies – in that room, especially kind of in that same three to five technique role that he's probably going to end up playing. But again, the talent there is undeniable. The traits are undeniable. And as you kind of hear some of his veteran teammates talk about him, the more excited you get. And I, I think Arthur Smith um, mentioned Zach Harrison as, as a riser twice, kind of unprompted throughout the last week. Um, and then again, when I asked him about him, he, he could not have been higher on him. You know, I'm pretty sure he started off with saying that. A lot of a lot of senior college kids are, you know, fifth, sixth year now. Zach was a straight four-year senior, um, and so he's still pretty young. They love how much room that he has still, um, as, as far as you know, play style improvements, and uh, you know, again, he showed up even with the pedigree. There was still so much more to come from him with his skill set and everything else with him there, that I think he was viewed as more of a project player. But the way that he performed throughout OTAs and the way that he's performed so far in camp, he's really kind of shaken that 
that tag. And, uh, you know, I, I think really when you look at the entirety of the, of the Falcons rookie class, Zach Harrison's probably been the most surprising standout so far. And, and so I think really he's out, he's probably outperformed their expectations and for sure a lot of the uh, outside expectations as well. So, um, you know, I, I don't think it's a situation where they want him playing heavy snaps as a rookie, but I, I do think that he's, he's for sure helped his odds. And I, I think as you kind of look at the next year or two for him, I think that he's probably still going to end up playing, I'd say maybe 20 to 30% of snaps this year, which again, compared to how they viewed him post-draft, I think that would be um, a pretty significant jump. And then you're kind of looking towards the future as, as some of the current one-year contracts that they have run out and kind of helping set the stage for a really big leap for him entering year two. Um, but as, as things stand currently, I think he's off to an extremely fast start um, and, and one that, frankly, has probably only helped his projection long-term as well. And, you know, that's, that, that is a question because that, this is what I was going to ask you is, you know, we've seen with Dean Pease's defense the first couple of years a real hesitancy to play rookies, and I don't care where they were drafted. I mean, it's, it's been a situation where, you know, Richie Grant only played about 20% of the snaps in his rookie year, there's been that hesitancy, you know, is, do you see that that changing? I mean, and we always hear about how complicated Dean Pease defensive system is. Do you think Ryan Nielsen or Arthur Smith or, you know, is there an opportunity for rookies to play more, you know, in their first year? Because we haven't seen that the last couple of years, but if you got a guy that's playing really well, why not keep him on the field? I always go back to Ebby Cady. He should have started more than one game last year, but again, for whatever reason, they didn't. They didn't do it. I, I think that there, if a guy's playing really well, you got to start playing some of these guys. Yeah, I would agree, and I do think you know to answer the overall question, I do think there is more of an opportunity. Um, I think with Pease, as you you know mentioned, there's there was a lot of talk about how just complex um, his scheme was, and even some of the veterans that were. You know, under him, especially year one, talked about that quite a bit. But uh, I think with Ryan Nielsen, there's so much of an emphasis on just, you know, constant rotation, fresh bodies up front. I, I think with Zach Harrison, he's, he just fits such a prototypical mold of what Ryan Nielsen wants up front. And I, I think as you kind of um, look at the Falcons' makeup in that room up front, Calais Campbell is 37 years of age, I do believe. And, and so, you know, that's a guy that – even he talked about he only wants to play and ends on playing about 50% of snaps this year. Um, again, you kind of look at the interior and out of the interior and outside of that room. It's a lot of guys who are 30 plus, you know, again, with, with Campbell, it's 36, 37. So you're again, looking more at longevity of the season. This is a Falcons team that wants to play and has full on plans of playing into, you know, mid to late January, if not longer. Um, and, and so I think when you look at how Ryan Nielsen has historically run his rooms up front, um, there have been a lot of guys who've seen a lot of extended action. And so I think with Zach Harrison, you know, compared to how Pease kind of ran his ship the past two years, um, I, I do think there's more of an opportunity this year. I think, uh, again, early, probably not so much. Obviously, there's still, you know, a few pretty much – I guess a few training camp sessions still to come. And then obviously I think the preseason will end up being really, really important for him. Um, obviously Miami in a few weeks here, well, I, I guess it's a few days, right. But I mean, that'll be very, very important for him. And I, I think kind of looking, looking ahead, I think the first half of the season is probably going to be relatively quiet for him. But if you remember last year, you mentioned Arnold Epichetti really kind of started turning the corner around that week, eight week, nine period. And then, um, you know, he, he actually uh, injured his forearm in about week 10, week 11. Um, I was speaking with him, I think, two days ago about that, and uh, he talked about how that injury really limited him over the last month and a half. So um, I think with Zach Harrison, it's kind of – he'll follow a similar path there to where early on you're not going to see as much of him. Um, but, again, as you kind of move throughout the year, injuries happen, you know, just kind of your – your veteran rest package is also kind of trying to limit some of the workload on, on some of the older players you have outside. I, I think naturally you'll see Zach kind of work his way into that mix more. I think he'll be a pretty early special teams contributor as well. 
Um, and it could be a, a situation where he kind of earns more snaps that way as well. Um, but I, I do think that as the year progresses, we'll keep hearing more and more about Zach Harrison and we'll kind of keep on seeing, you know, why he was so highly thought of. And, um, and kind of, again, we'll probably end up looking kind of towards year two for him as kind of the, the main year. But I, I do think we'll see flashes this year um, to where this time, you know, early August of 2024, we'll probably kind of look at, at now and say that was all really, you know, a sign of, what's to come from him. So uh, I, I think we'll see flashes this year. Obviously, he's, he's created a whole lot of hype around him so far. Um, and I think there's there's only more to, more in the tank for him and um, very eager to kind of see how that plays out. Daniel Flick covers the Atlanta Falcons for a Falcons report on Fan Nation, part of the SI.com network. And he's on Twitter at DFlickDraft. And join me on the WaitFor.com hotline. Daniel, appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for a few minutes on the show tonight. We'll talk again soon. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you as always. You got it. When we come back, be time for the Falcons flyover. We'll hear from the head coach as he did talk about uh, the Jeff Okuda injury. And we had an old familiar face at camp today. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 929 The Game, Odyssey.com app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.